Am I good there? Today, we have an opportunity for our elders to share with you. I'm going to ask them to come on stage, and we're going to get things set up for them to come and share with us today. We're going to reflect back some on the previous year and look forward a little bit to what's coming in 2024, but we had a theme in 2023. That theme was deeper, and we said as a church, it's the thing that we felt like God wanted us to do is to figure out how do we go deeper in our faith, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that today and just what that looks like for us, what we can learn moving forward, and uh, excited about the things that are to come. Thanks, sir. So thank you, Dave. I appreciate that very much. So if you don't know these two dashing gentlemen beside me here, this is Dave Dryden and Rick Hoff. They're um, two of our elders. Uh, also, we anticipated having Ron Johnson with us, but he's sick. There's a little bit of that stuff going around right now, I know, so a few people are, are catching that. Um, and then James Howard, we knew, also serves as an elder, but we knew his family was going to be traveling, that he wasn't going to be able to be here with us today. Um, but I, I want to begin with a scripture verse from Ephesians chapter 4. And as we think about this idea of a theme of growing deeper in our faith, this verse came to mind, Ephesians 4, or verses 11 through 13, says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's the goal, right? You there yet, Dave? Whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Me neither. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. So we know that we're not there yet, right? We haven't attained this full measure of the fullness of Christ. But we should be a work in progress, and we're, we're able to look back. And I think it's important for us to reflect back individually and even as a church to say, this is how God has helped us to grow deeper in our faith. And that's what today is all about. Uh, so I, I want to start just with a, a question, well, a few questions for you today, but just what does this mean to you? Like personally, why is it important for you to go deeper in your faith? And then also for our church, what is your heart for our church to see us go deeper? So uh, I find myself now in the fourth quarter of my life. Um, that said, I don't think I've heard the two-minute warning yet, so uh, I think I'm good. Um, so I pray that uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit um, at the end of my life, like Paul, I can say without reservation, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. The bottom line is I want to finish strong. As for the body of Christ we call Gateway, and I include myself here, um, I want to mention that um, when um, Paul says um, that Christ gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service, that clearly states that it's not the responsibility of Gateway staff to do the work of the kingdom. Their job is to equip us so we can do the work of the kingdom. And they do a great job in doing that. You probably heard this before, but I'm going to repeat it anyway, and that is being a Christian is not a spectator sport. When we serve one another, we are showing our love for Christ and for one another, and in the process, our faith is made stronger. So if you're not currently serving some capacity, and I thank for all of, those, all of you who are, I would encourage you to prayerfully consider serving because you will be built up in your faith in the process of serving others. 
Verse 13, from what Blake uh, read, talked about uh, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And, and that has caused me to ponder for a long time. What is the meaning of that, attaining the fullness of Christ? I'm now convinced that Paul was talking about the process of sanctification. When the Holy Spirit changes us from the time that we come to faith in Christ, the process of sanctification changes us over time to conform us more and more to the character and likeness of Christ. And I love one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Philippians 1.6, which says, he who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it to the end. So I want to encourage each of us to desire to be more and more like Christ and to pray that God would conform us onto his likeness. Amen. Wow, what a day we have, right? Uh, today's a day to kind of reflect back on the past year, successes, failures, things that you wanted to do, things that you were able to do. Um, but also it's a day that we can start preparing for tomorrow and looking for what's ahead and set new goals and, and, and new things to aspire to and so forth. And, um, you know, I can honestly say, you know, this time last year, I was setting particular goals and, uh, I, looking back, I've accomplished a lot of them. Uh, you know, as of today, I read through the Bible in a year. Woohoo! Now I got to tell you, I was a little disappointed with the app because I thought I would at least see some fireworks and stuff <laughs> when, when you're done, but it just kind of went completed. And I'm like, you know, it should have been a little bit, you know, more uh, uh, fanfare than that, right? <laughs> when I went in solitaire, I at least get the... Yeah, the, right. the, the, But um, <laughs> anyway, so, you know, but I, I've, I've read the Bible more, I've prayed more, I've given more, uh, fasted several times through the year. And so... You know, I can look back and say definitely there's been spiritual growth for this year, which is exciting. Um, it's also been a little bit challenging. We've had some heartbreaks in our family this year. We've had some, some answered prayers, but we've also had some prayers that haven't been answered, um, or at least not answered yet, or maybe not answered in the timeline that we would like them to be answered. Uh, but we're believing, and I'm really holding on to uh, that example in Daniel. Remember when the three were going to get thrown into the the fiery furnace, and they said, our God is able, but even if he chooses not to, even if he doesn't, we won't bow, and that's, that's what I'm holding on to. Our God is faithful, and he can do things and, and does answer prayer, even if he chooses not to answer certain things or answer them in the way that I want him to answer it or in the timeline that I want him to answer it. Uh, I will stay faithful, and I will still trust, and so, you know, I feel like I made some progress spiritually this year. God's still got a lot of work to do on me. Um, in the first service, I said that, and my wife and daughter went, amen. Um, but what I, I really hope is that not just me, but the, our church carries into 2024 the momentum that we have closing out 2023. Amen. I noticed, by the way, Sean laughed really loud at that joke about your wife saying amen. I'm not sure what to make of that, but uh, I'll, I'll just let that be for now. Uh, what are some ways that you see our church going deeper and spiritual growth in the gateway body? Well, I'll brag a little bit on our church. Uh, from a leadership perspective, you know, we have to plan and we have to, you know, do things and, you know, we pray and we fast and we really feel like God's saying, take, you know, go here and we have to make decisions accordingly. Uh, but I'll brag on our church. We finished the year the best giving year that we've ever had. Uh, and we actually, in fact, you know, this for this past year, we were planning some aggressive things financially for our church. 
And I'll never forget a guy I served in ministry with years ago made a comment. He said, you know, as, as church leaders, we have to step out in faith, but we can't write a hot check either. And what he meant by that is we've got to be able to plan and, and be able to fund the things and stuff. And it's this balance. And sometimes it's difficult because you want to stretch out in faith, but you also have to make sure you can back it up and actually pay for the things that you've committed to. And we actually finished a little ahead of our, of our uh, revenue goal this year. And, and yes, God provided, no doubt, but he provided through you. And he used you to provide. And so, you know, I just want to say it's a lot easier as church leaders to be able to, to plan and do these kind of ministry things when a, a church is supporting us and supporting the kingdom and, and doing ministry work together. So it's, it was, and it's also really refreshing to be in a place that's healthy financially. So I'll, I'll just say that about our church. Good. So um, I've witnessed a huge step forward uh, in the area, area of men's ministry. In years past, uh, for the most part, it wasn't about, if it wasn't about camping, eating, or sporting game, games, men's were not, men were not interested in joining men's ministry. But I've seen some real spiritual depth um, on Wednesday nights, and more than spiritual depth, willing to be vulnerable. Uh, we have these uh, general teaching, and then we break out into small groups, and I'm so impressed by how people will pray for one another and share their deepest heartfelt concerns. Um, it's very encouraging to see that happen. Um, in our Connect group, um, we decided to take our prayer life to a different level. Um, oftentimes we are um, focused on um, health issues or circumstances, uh, but we're trying to pray, what is that God wants for us? Um, what is his heart? And so we try to pray bigger prayers, deeper prayers, more spiritual prayers. And from what I understand, there are other Connect groups that are doing the same. So. I would encourage you to do that. Change your prayer life. Look at things through the eyes of God as best you can. Mm, that's really good. Yeah. And, and I'll pass on, I mentioned Ron not being able to be here today, but he sent me some of his responses. And one of those on this question I thought was a great point. He pointed out the fact that we have had so many people step into serving this year. Um, and we had uh, right at 400 people serving in different ministries. Some of those, I think, were potentially serving in more than one, so may have got double counted, but that's still, when you uh, consider the, the, the number of people that are here on a typical weekend, that's, you know, that's, that's nearly half the people serving, uh, and that's uh, a lot more than half of the adults uh, that are here on a typical week. So that's encouraging. Um, it's been encouraging to me. You mentioned the Bible plan earlier. That's been great. Going through that as a church body, again, congratulations for those that have completed that plan, and if you haven't, you know, go ahead and stay with it and stick with it. Uh, but we will have that opportunity again moving into the new year. Uh, we've decided in an effort to not have someone feel left out that wasn't here from the very beginning of the year. We're still going to have a year-long Bible reading plan. And it's not chronological this year, by the way. So you don't read the same thing, you know, in different places multiple times a day. It's a little bit from the Old Testament, a little bit from the New Testament. Uh, but we're going to send it out a month at a time. So that way, each month, everybody feels like they can, can join in wherever they are at any point. That's been encouraging to see that and to see the way those readings have tied into even my own personal preparation to preach or things that people are going through. Uh, but then just to see individuals being stretched in their faith, you know, outside the box. And I'll, I'll uh, take an example of somebody who absolutely hates the spotlight and put her in the spotlight. But that's uh, Sonal, who is our office 
administrator here and kind of runs the show really around Gateway. If you want something done, Sonal's the one to talk to, and she keeps us in line. She's fantastic. She's definitely more, her bent is more behind the scenes, and I've watched her stretch herself in her faith by doing things like leading devotional for, for the entire staff meeting, which is very intimidating when you're like, I'm just here to serve, and now I'm supposed to give a Bible lesson to all these pastors. And she's done an amazing job, really kind of set the bar for that in some ways. I've seen her sharing her faith with vendors coming in where that's not her normal bent or comfort zone. So, but it's just, you know, it's getting out of our comfort zone and, and allowing God to kind of push us in some areas that we're not quite comfortable with is a great way that I see as a church body, but then individuals within the church body really growing. So what about next year? When you think about 2024, and I'll be talking more about that in weeks to come, but just I'm curious what's on your heart for something that's really important for us moving forward. So uh, back to our Connect group, we're doing kind of an interesting study uh, by Dr. Del Tackett. It's called The Engagement Project, and he was the author of something called The Truth Project, if you've ever heard of that. It was a great study about uh, a biblical, world, biblical worldview. But the engagement project uh, puts a little bit of different twist um, on the Great Commission. Um, he makes the point that where you live is no accident. God providentially placed you in that neighborhood. The neighbor on your left, the neighbor on your right, the neighbor across the street, that is your mission field. And so the whole purpose of this project is how do we engage with our neighbors to bring them the good news of Christ. Um, yeah. yeah I, I agree. I mean, that's huge. And that's something that's definitely on my heart is how we reach out to our community and starting with neighbors and things. You'll, yeah. you'll, we'll be equipping you and giving you some ideas for that this coming year as well. So what's, um, what's my hope for our church? Um, little uh, secret, the perfect church does not exist. And if you find it, uh, you've messed it up as soon as you go there. So, um, you know, the, the challenge is it doesn't exist, but it's something that we need to be striving towards. And I look at it and I just say, imagine if as a church family, we were fully committed to actually studying scripture daily together. What if we were committed to giving generously together? giving sacrificially together, um, committed to praying together for each other and together, committed to reaching the lost in our community, the, to, to love on people, to serve people, to encourage, wouldn't that just be an incredible place that just drew the lost here? That's what I would really love to see that as far as that momentum carrying forward, that, that it just, this becomes a beacon of, of hope in a really dark world where it's yeah. just the way that God designed the early church to be. That's what I would like us to strive for. Yeah, and I think that happens as the fire is lit inside of us. You know, as we are passionate about God, and one of the things I'm really excited about, uh, you've, you've probably seen some of the promos and gotten emails and all that, but we have a group coming in from Life Action Ministries three weeks from today to do what's called a thirst conference. And the whole goal of that is just to come and get a thirsty soul filled, you know, just to, to drink uh, from the Spirit of God. And uh, so that'll be happening starting here in three weeks. And uh, I, I'm really excited about the impact that that's going to have on us. I, I know we did this back in 2019. Some of you may have been here. A lot of you weren't. If you don't know what that is, here's a real quick little about a two-minute video just to give an overview of what to expect and why this will be so impactful. So let's take a look here. 
So your church is hosting a Life Action Church event, and we are so excited to be coming to you. We wanted to let you in on what you can expect at your upcoming Thirst Conference. For 50 years, we've hosted church events within local bodies just like yours to give you a moment to pause from the business of everyday life. That way you, your friends, your family, and your whole church can seek and respond to God. Our heart is to encourage you as you live a life in action with Christ. At your upcoming Thirst Conference, you'll have four evening sessions where your whole family can come and drink deeply from the grace of God. Your spirit will be uplifted as we praise God for who he is in heartfelt worship. You will be encouraged by biblical teaching and given moments to listen and respond to his promptings. Your youth and children too will experience the same messages you do in an age-appropriate and fun way that they will love. You may be wondering if you have time for a conference like this, but what we've found within the churches we've attended is that God's irresistible love brings us back night after night. Our team has been praying for you and we cannot wait to serve you because when we center our lives around him and his word, we find our hearts and lives revived. See you soon, church. Definitely excited about the opportunity that brings. Um, and Dave, I know you were here. Your family was here. Um, last time we did this, what were your thoughts? Honestly? Yes. Um, <laughs> I got to tell you, when, we, uh, when, I, when I heard that there's going to be like a four-night um, be at church every evening for four nights, my first fleshly reaction was, that's too much. I don't want to do it. Uh, you know, got to go to work the next day. You know, I've got to work late, and I don't want to. It just, I, I thought it was a little, maybe I'll just do one of the events or something like that. But we did come to all of them. And I will tell you, um, I was not just pleasantly surprised. It was moving um, to to, to have that experience just to come and be refreshed was uh, amazing. Um, the neat thing about it is I would go home and I would want more, which going into it, thought it was too much. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that was incredibly impactful was just one little special time where they just uh, allowed uh, kind of a break in the service where husbands were able to pray over our wives we just took a few moments and, and got to lay hands on our wives and pray for them. For some men, it was the first time they'd ever laid hands and prayed for their wives. And it was just a sweet time. And so um, I want to encourage you, it's a great way to get the year started off strong spiritually. If you're really wanting to have a, a nice little steroid shot to your spiritual walk this year, um, be excited and expect something really good to come out of that. And uh, it is uh, really well worth the time. Yeah. And I would say if you want to take us to the next level, you know, the way this works, they're all, uh, they're kind of college age, but young adults that come in and lead just about every aspect so everybody can just come be poured into. We house them when they're here. So if you really want to boost and you want to be around some young people that are really excited about the Lord and uh, we need some help with that. We need a few host homes. So you can see Tom on the way out today and find out more information as you're, as you're leaving. But just great opportunity for us to really grow in our faith. I want to share one other passage of Scripture um, about God's Word and how this is so important for our growth. It comes from Hebrews 4. 
12 and 13, it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. As God's word is so powerful. And that's why we want to keep pointing back towards Scripture and encouraging us to get into it. I mean, the, the Word is so powerful that on its own, the Bible can transform lives. Uh, we heard a cool story here just recently. Our youngest daughter, Autumn, had given a Bible to a friend back in high school, probably five years ago, who was very far from God at the time. He reached out to her recently and said, Hey, I just want you to know that I've been reading that Bible you gave me, and I gave my life to Christ about a year ago, and God has totally changed my life. That's the power that is in the Word of God. And so whether it be for someone else or for ourselves, we want to get into the Word and watch God work. Uh, it says that it's alive and active. I'm curious for you two, what does that look like for you personally, for God's Word to be alive and active in you? So a short time ago, um, we uh, studied a book on the power and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And out of that study, I came away with uh, five principles that I'd like to uh, share with you. In fact, um, they are taped on the mirror in, in our bathroom. And I um, entitled this, Surrendering, Surrendering to the Holy Spirit. First, bring him into every decision. Our life is no longer our own. We belong to Christ. Second, take unholy thoughts captive and expel them. I don't think I need to say anything else. Third, have an other's first mentality. We're born selfish, and this takes both the power of the Holy Spirit and practice to overcome this. Fourth, pray for opportunities to share the hope that lies within me. Um, I'm doing that with my tennis doubles partner. I've been playing tennis since I was 14 years old. I played high school tennis, college tennis, and I still play USTA team tennis with a group of guys. Rob um, is my doubles partner. At, at best, he's an agnostic, probably more an atheist. And then within the last year, he was diagnosed with colon cancer. So I started praying for him and told him, and he'd say, oh, that's nice. And then I said, well, let's go to lunch. And uh, after lunch, I would say, Rob, can I pray for you in person right now? And he said, yeah, okay. Well, those times have become very, very special. And um, I asked him, I said, uh, so I, I sense that you're getting closer and closer to God. And he said, I am. And I said, what do you know about Jesus? And I said, and he said, well, he's a person in the Bible. And I said, Rob, he's so much more than that. I said, I'm going to give you a book that I want you to read called The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, and he's going through that book now. So it's my heart's desire that he, God draws him onto himself and he accepts his, Jesus as his Lord and Savior. You'd be interested in, to know that uh, I had a medical procedure shortly, uh, a short time ago, and I got a text from Rob and said, Rick, I prayed for you this morning. So that warmed my heart. <clears throat> Fifth, be open to how God chooses to use me. Um, God is going to present you opportunities, and when he does, I'd encourage you to respond to them because they may pass otherwise. Uh, I've had the, the privilege of serving here at Gateway in several different capacities, uh, first as a uh, Bible study teacher and team group, uh, then on the finance team, and, and now most recently as an elder. 
And I didn't seek these things out. God chose me, and he'll choose, choose you too. Just be aware of his leading and respond to it. Mm -hmm. I uh, saw a, a, a sermon by uh, Charles Stanley once, and he said, uh, don't, uh, don't change scripture to match your views and opinions on things in life. He said, change your views and opinions on life to match scripture. And it's so true. It, it's, it's the foundation that we have to hold on to belief-wise. Uh, to me, Scripture, the Bible, is, it's a compass. Uh, an example is you know, when, when, when a pilot flies into clouds or fog and can't see, the first thing they teach a pilot to do is to stop looking out the window and look down. Look at gauges. You've got gauges that tell you how fast you're going. You've got gauges that tell you you're heading and if your wings are level and if you're ascending or descending. Look at your gauges, and, and it's, it's, it's ingrained in you whenever you fly into fog or clouds, look down. And that's the way Scripture is to me. It, it's something that we have, you know, fog of life, clouds in life, you can't see where to go. This is what you have to look towards. Um, and, and it's, you know, life's hard enough to go, uh, go through it without some kind of a foundation or some kind of a compass. That's why it's so critical to have that. Um, in Ephesians, you know, the scripture of the Bible is, is called uh, the sword of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And the sword is both an offensive weapon and a defensive weapon, but you've got to know how to use the weapon, which means mm -hmm. you've got to study it. You've got to learn it. Um, one of the things that really helped me with the Bible reading plan this year was to put context around scripture, especially common verses and passages that I've recited, held on to, memorized all my life, but really got to, to go in deeper around the context of those. And it, 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 just, made, it just made things come alive in a, in a much fresher way for me this year. Yeah. And the Bible is so powerful because as it says here in Hebrews 4, it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know, it does. It's that sword that penetrates and exposes what's in there. Curious, this is a personal question. Has anything been exposed in your life recently? Yeah. This is a tough one. Um, other than Jesus, the Apostle Paul was probably one of the best role models we could have as a Christ follower. Matter of fact, in his letter to Corinthians, he said that we should follow his example. Yet it is the same Paul who says in Romans 7, I really don't understand myself. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I really don't understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Oh, what a miserable person I am. That kind of sums up our life sometimes. But by the grace of God, he changes our heart and changes our mind. But in response to your question, Blake, I want to be transparent and, and say, one of the things that I've always struggled with uh, is pride. And uh, I, w I became a believer at age 13. Um, and in 1992, um, my attitude, I, I love the Lord, but I, I, my attitude was, I can handle my life, Lord. You handle the big things. And he brought a series of events into my life, culminating with the early death of my mother. Fortunately, I know she's with the Lord right now, but these three events happened in a very short period of time, and it brought me to my knees. And I've never been the same since. I know now that I belong to the Lord. He controls my life and I yield to him as much as I can.
Uh, yeah, this, this year with uh, the Bible reading plan especially, it's, it's um, given me a, a new awareness. I've always been aware, but it's a new awareness of how selfish I really am and how much I don't enjoy reading. Um, I just don't like to read. Um, and, and it makes Bible studying inherently difficult when you're selfish and you don't enjoy reading. Um, it's like going to a gym without a trainer or a workout plan. You know, you kind of stare at machines and go, hmm, what do I do? Same thing with a Bible. You know, you got to have a plan, you got to have structure, and, and that's what I needed. Uh, I would not have read through the Bible fully this year had I not had a plan and structure to do it. For me, the structure was, how many of you guys enjoyed the little on track uh, phrase in the Bible app and then the number of days behind, and it was like motivation. You know, if I missed a day, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm a day behind. So now I, I have to get on track. And so whatever it is to help motivate you, um, you know, you just need that. You got to have structure. You got to have a plan, and it, it helped. And uh, I also noticed that um, I had a number of, of what I would look at as spiritual attacks this year, spiritual attacks from the enemy. And I know if I hadn't started the year committed to Bible reading, giving, praying, fasting, if I hadn't committed to increasing those spiritual disciplines, I would not have been as prepared for the attacks that I got this year. Uh, and I want to tell you, we're about to start a new year, and none of us are immune from the attacks of the enemy. That's right. And if you think that the enemy isn't after you in some way, you're spiritually naive. He is. So why wouldn't you want to have as much spiritual ammunition to, to go after those attacks that are inevitably going to come after you. So I'd encourage just, again, it's something really valuable for you this year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's how, you know, our, our thoughts and attitudes are exposed. And it's, uh, I think we have a theme going. You're talking about selfishness and pride and all that. That's been, you know, again, brought to the surface in a, in a more dramatic way in my life this year as well. Um, yeah, I was looking back over this, my little journal. It's very fancy. Um, journal that I have here, but I, I try to write, you know, what God is teaching me, and sometimes I'll do better than others, but I was looking back over some things, and I want to read a journal entry from November 3rd, but before I do, let me give you a little context. On November 6th, on the evening, it was a Monday, I was playing pickleball and hurt myself, tore a calf muscle, and y'all saw me, if you were here, and limping around and scooting around and all that, and uh, I'm all feeling really good now, fully recovered, got released, and I actually played again Friday and felt good, so... But this is three days before that happened, okay? Let me just read it to you. On November 3rd, I said, for a while now, I've been praying and thinking about ways to connect with people outside church. Playing pickleball and Wiley and Saxe's given me that opportunity, and I'm thankful. The challenge, however, is that my mind gets fixated on it, and I'm afraid it's taking too much time and mental energy. I don't want it to be too much of a good thing. Lord, please show me where my enjoyment of playing pickleball is crossing the line. <laughs> it's fun and can be a good outreach tool, but I never want it to divert my focus on you and kingdom work. Lord, help me be uber-focused on what you have for me today and for Gateway moving forward. Um, interesting sometimes to look back, isn't it? And see how when God is bringing things to the surface, and ultimately he works through all these things, but we need... God's word to be active in our lives to show us because there's so much that we just don't see my encouragement for you as we head into the new year is to commit to really spending time with God and if you've tried before and failed it's not about where you've messed up in the past 
It's really not. It's about here's an opportunity to, to get back on track and to do something together, and we're excited to be able to do that together as a church family. Uh, in a minute, I'm going to pray for us, and our team's going to come in a moment, lead us through another little brief time of worship. But this is really a time to respond as well. Our elders are going to be available. Some of our staff will be available. We would love to pray with you. There's something on your heart, or maybe there's a next step that you need to take. Maybe for someone, it's like, you know what? I'm not sure that I have a personal relationship with Christ. Let's settle that today before you leave. Or I need that small group. I need accountability. I need to be baptized. I need to go deeper in my service, my giving, whatever it is. Whatever a next spiritual step is, we would love to have the opportunity to, to pray with you and to talk with you through that. Uh, so I just want to pray for us now. And after we pray, just invite you as we're singing to slip out and come see us in the Next Step Center. But for now, let's pray together. Father, we do uh, just come to you today, Lord, asking that our hearts would be prepared, asking, Lord, that we would be fully surrendered to you, Lord, praying that, that your word would be alive and active inside of us, and, Lord, that you would mature us. Lord, help us to continue to grow deeper in our faith. And, Lord, my heart, too, is that out of that, there is an just exponential growth in our ability to reach our community for Christ as well. Lord, work through us, and um, we just give ourselves to you fully now. In Jesus' name we pray.